Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Party, and today we're doing the second team in the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's get on into it. Alright, so in case you're new here, what we do is we go over each team position by position, breaking down the roster, and then at the end of it, I give my whole um, season projection, what I think the floor and the ceiling of this team is, as well as um, everything that can go wrong, everything that can go right, the over-under, and then uh, the biggest strength and weakness of this whole roster. At the end of this whole series, I'm going to be doing a full season prediction where I'll give my official win totals for each team, as well as a playoff prediction and a season's award prediction. If you want to stick around for that, hit the subscribe button. And before we get on into it today, actually, I just want to point out that today is cut day. Um, I already saw like a couple players on the Chiefs who I had written up. They did get cut. So by the time this comes out, even more of them will be cut. Just a little heads up on that. And they might also pick up another couple players. Um, but yeah, so let's go down into it, though. The Kansas City Chiefs today. Kicking things off, as always, with the quarterbacks. We have Patrick Mahomes, Chad Henney, and Shane Buscelli. So Patrick Mahomes had a relative down year last year. But that's relative to his absurd standards. He still threw for 4,800 yards, 37 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. He struggled when defenses played more two high shells, forcing the offense to be more patient and take what the defense gives them instead of looking for all those big plays all the times that they had. With the whole offseason to counter these looks, and then also the diversification of the receiving room with trading away Tyreek Hill and the acquisition of multiple quality receivers, I'm excited to see what this like almost assuredly new version of Patrick Mahomes will look like. Chad Henney was picked in the second round in 2008 by the Dolphins, but could never establish himself as a quality starter there or with the Jags. He was benched in Jacksonville in 2014 and was a backup there until joining the Chiefs as a backup in 2018. And then Buscelli went undrafted last year, but didn't play. For running backs, they have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, Ronald Jones II, and Michael Burton. Edwards-Hilaire was picked with the last pick in the first round of the 2020 draft, but so far he hasn't provided the returns that the Chiefs were hoping for. He struggled to stay healthy through his first two seasons, and his play hasn't been incredible enough for him to be that bell cow back. He's a smaller back at 5'8", 2'10", and while he doesn't have amazing top speed, he has sudden explosiveness that allows him to cut into the holes created by this good run-blocking offensive line. McKinnon was drafted in the third round in 2014 and looked like a promising young back when he would fill in for Adrian Peterson on the Vikings. However, when he got his chance to be the lead back in San Francisco, he could never stay healthy. He joined the Chiefs last year and wasn't much of a factor in the regular season, but was their most impactful back in the playoffs, being a good rusher, but even better as a receiver out of the backfield. I expect him to be used a lot in third downs this year if he can stay healthy, as he's a bigger play threat than Edward Solaire, so he could provide some nice spark in some key situation. Pacheco was taken in the seventh round this year out of Rutgers and has been getting a lot of training camp buzz. He didn't dominate against backups in the preseason though, so I'm kind of skeptical on if they will see this buzz come to fruition this year, but he's definitely a player to keep an eye on. And then Jones was picked in the second round in 2018 by the Bucks, but only really had one good year with them in 2020. He's pretty horrid as a pass catcher and a pass protector, so he doesn't provide any value in passing situations. And while he looked like an above average runner two years ago, he was just kind of like all right last year probably elevated by Brady and that good O-line. And then with three quality backs on the roster, honestly wouldn't be surprised if he was cut by the time this video was posted. And then Burton was taken in the fifth round in 2015 by the Lions. He'll carry the ball or catch a couple passes a couple times a year, but he's mostly used as a blocker. 
For wide receivers, they have Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Gandling, Michael Hardman, Sky Moore, Darius Fountain, Justin Watson, Cornell Powell, Corey Coleman, and Jerrion Ely. Juju was taken in the second round in 2017 by the Steelers, where he's been a quality slot option, but definitely looked worse once he was asked to be the number one guy. Now with Kelsey being this team's number one and Juju having a competent quarterback, we'll see if he can get back to that great tier of wide receiver. MVS was taken in the fifth round in 2018 by the Packers as a 6-4 deep threat with 4-3-7 speed. However, he struggled with drops immensely, at least until last year, and has been in and out of the lineup with injuries. He has high theoretical upside, but he had all the opportunity he needed in Green Bay as the number two with Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. Maybe he can keep turning a corner here in Kansas City, but I honestly don't have too high of expectations for him. Hardman was taken in the second round in 2019 as a speedy gadget player out of Georgia. He's never taken that next step up as they've wanted him to, getting a couple of touches a game that can result in some big plays, but not at the clip that they look like that they'd be coming after his rookie season. With the training of Tyreek, though, maybe he'll see an uptick in production. Moore was picked in the second round of this draft out of Western Michigan. The 5'10 receiver constantly beat up corners both out wide and in the slot, and has been tearing it up in practice for the Chiefs. No one here will individually replace Hill, but Moore has the best opportunity to be this team's number one by season's end. Fountain was picked in the 5th round in the 2018 draft by the Colts, but hasn't played much yet, and then Watson was also picked in the 5th round 2018 but by the Bucks, but also hardly playing. Powell was picked in the 5th round last year, but didn't play. Coleman was picked in the 1st round 2016 by the Browns, but never played well there and was waived after 2 years. He last played in 2018 where he hardly saw the field with the Giants, and then Ely is a UDFA from this class. So for tight ends, they have Travis Kelsey, Blake Bell, Noah Gray, Jody Fortson, Matt Bushman, and Jordan Franks. Kelsey has not had a season under 1,000 yards since 2015. He has this uncanny ability to get open, find holes in zone, and have insane connection with Mahomes that allows him to make big plays at a moment's notice. He's one of the greatest tight ends to ever play, but he will be turning 33 in October and did start to show signs of slowing down last year. I'd be surprised if he's not a top 5 tight end this year, but it is something to keep an eye on at least. Bell was taken in the 4th round in 2015 and has mostly been used as a blocking tight end so far, only going over 100 total yards in 2 of his seasons. Gray was picked in the 5th round last year but didn't play too much as the tight end 3. Fortson went undrafted in 2019 and saw his first snaps last year with the Chiefs. Bushman went undrafted last year but didn't play. And Franks went undrafted in 2018 but hasn't played since his rookie year. Along their offensive line, their starters project to be Orlando Brown Jr., Joe Looney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Andrew Wiley, with Garyon Christian, Prince Tega Wanago, and Darian Kennard backing up at tackle, Nick Allegretti, Mike Caliendo, and Vitaly German backing up at guard, and Austin Ryder backing up at center. Brown was traded last year for a first-round pick from the Ravens. The former third-round pick wanted to be a team's left tackle, so he forced his way out of Baltimore, which had him pegged as the right tackle. He played at a pretty average level last year, but still got franchise tagged and offered the bag, but he declined it because he wanted even more. I honestly think that the Chiefs shouldn't give him the contract that he's looking for, as he's pretty much just an average caliber tackle, not worth the contract he declined, and definitely not worth the one he wants in my opinion. Christian has been a solid swing tackle since being taken in the third round in 2018. 
He's been a better pass protector than a run blocker, but is a good option if they have someone go down with injuries. And then Wanogo was picked in the 6th round 2020 by the Eagles, but has hardly played yet. Thune was picked in the 3rd round in 2016 and developed into a great guard with the Patriots. He joined the Chiefs last year and once again played well, even playing well in a game at left tackle. Allegretti was picked in the 7th round in 2019 and started a bit in 2020, but was a backup this year. Humphrey was taken in the second round last year and was one of the best centers in the league right away. He was an absolute road grader against the run and held his own in pass protection as well. This level of dominance is exciting as a rookie as it's very likely that he's just going to get better from here. Then Reader was picked in the seventh round in 2015 and has bounced around the league, last starting for the Chiefs in 2020 and spending some time on and off starting for the Dolphins last year, playing at like a backup level. Smith was picked in the 6th round last year and played like a quality starter right away. He was an above average run blocker instantly, but definitely has some room to grow in pass protection, surrendering 49 pressures. And then Caliendo and German are both UDFAs from this class. Wiley went undrafted in 2017 and has seen significant action for the Chiefs since then at guard or tackle. He's been a replacement level starter during his time, so I wouldn't be surprised if he were replaced by Christian or even Lucas Nyang, who's currently um, listed on the pub. And then Kanard was picked in the fifth round this year out of Kentucky. So along their interior defensive line, they have Chris Jones, Derek Nottie, Kalen Sanders, Tershawn Wharton, Taylor Stallworth, Mac Dickerson, and Kihai and Ogenia Hassan. Chris Jones is the second best interior pass rusher in the league. They tried experimenting with him at edge rusher last year, where he honestly wasn't bad, but he didn't just have that same dominating impact as he does rushing from the middle. And at only 28 years old, he should be this amazing force for them for years to come. Nadi was picked in the third round in 2018 as a run-stuffing nose tackle type, not providing much value as a pass rusher, but being good in his role. Saunders was picked in the third round in 2019, also this nose tackle type, seeing some snaps in the rotation, but not really being too exceptional and has missed some time so far with injuries. Wharton went undrafted in 2020 and has gotten a couple hundred snaps these past two seasons as a rotational pass rusher being decent in that role. Stallworth went undrafted in 2018 and had his best season last year as a rotational pass rusher for the Colts. Dickerson went undrafted in 2018 and saw some snaps his first three seasons but didn't do much with them and Ogini Hassan is a UDFA from this class. So for edge defenders, they have Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap, George Karloftis, Mike Dana, Malik Herring, Joshua Kando, and Arzur Kamara. Clark was traded to the Chiefs in 2019 after showing some exciting flashes with the Seahawks as a former second round pick. However, he's been largely underwhelming outside of a couple nice playoff fronts here in Kansas City. He should still be in his prime at only 29 years old, but I honestly find it hard to believe anymore that he's going to be much better than a number two type of guy. Dunlap was picked in the second round in 2010 and was a consistent pass rusher for years with Cincinnati, having one amazing season with 75 pressures and 15 sacks, but for the most part being like a high-end number two, low-end number one type guy who was still productive for the last year and a half with Seattle. At 33 years old, I think he'll still have some juice off the edge, but someone who will be rotated in and out a lot to keep him fresh. Kaloftis is a versatile rookie taken 30th overall out of Purdue, where he relied a lot more on his strength and technique to win instead of flashier players with speed and bend around the corner. He's someone who can also kick inside a bit too, and uh, honestly a third down rush package of Clark, Jones, Karloftis, and Dunlap would provide some of the best juice Kansas City has had in years, and I really hope that we see that lineup a couple times. 
Dana was picked in the fifth round in 2020 and has seen significant action so far, but I'd put that more on Kansas City not having great edge talent versus him being this late round gem. He could see a lot of early down work with Clark not being the best on Rundy and Dunlap being older, but I don't really expect him to see the field enough to get more than like 20 pressures, honestly. Herring went undrafted last year, but didn't play. Kando was picked in the fourth round last year and saw some snaps, but did absolutely nothing with them. And then Kamara went undrafted in 2020 and saw some snaps with the Cowboys last year, not really doing too much. So for linebackers, they have Willie Gay Jr., Nick Bolton, Leo Chanel, Elijah Lee, Darius Harris, Jermaine Carter, and Jack Cochrane. Gay is an exciting, uber-athletic linebacker, taken in the second round in 2020. He saw the field a bit as a rookie and then missed some time early last season with injury, but he really started to come into his own at, towards the end of the year and then during the playoffs. He has all the tools to be a top linebacker in this league, and with the rest of the defense forming pretty nicely in around him, he'll get the chance to show that he can be one this year. Bolton was a day one starter as a second round pick last year, having his struggles in coverage, especially early on, but using his speed well to be a force against the run. Him and Gay are young and relatively unproven, but to have a young linebacker duo like this growing together has to be exciting for the Chiefs as they definitely have high potential to hit and can be very good for a long time. And then Chanel is just the icing on top. Taken in the third round this year out of Wisconsin, Chanel is one of the most physically gifted athletes at the position. At 6'2", 250, he was still able to put up a 4'5", and a 40-inch vert amongst other monster combine numbers. He didn't show much as a coverage player in college, although he has all the tools to develop there. And he was a nasty run stuffer and excellent blitzer, which will likely be his role at least early on here in Kansas City. Lee was taken in the 7th round in 2017, and he's bounced around the league, seeing some defensive snaps a year, but mostly being a special teams guy. Harris won a draft in 2019, not playing much. Carter was picked in the 5th round in 2018, and worked his way up in Carolina to being a starter last year, but played pretty poorly and is now fighting for like a backup special teams job. And then Cochrane is a UDFA from this class. So for cornerbacks, they have Rashad Fenton, Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, DiCaprio Boodle, Naziz Johnson, and Chris Lammons. Fenton was picked in the 6th round in 2019 and developed into a quality starting corner here. He only allowed more than 50 yards on him twice in 13 games last year as a number 2 corner. With Ward gone and a rookie being brought in to replace him, Fenton might get matched up against some number 1s this season, at least early on especially, and he's not the biggest or most athletic guy, so we'll have to see if he is able to hold his own against all these high-octane offenses he's going to be up against. McDuffie was taken 21st overall out of Wisconsin this year. He is a bit undersized, but one of the most fluid corners in the nation's. He played outside in college, but his movement skills and great feel as a zone corner suggest that he can play some slot or even safety, filling in that Matthew role if they really want him to. But so far, it looks like he's going to be this team's second perimeter corner, and I definitely think he has the upside to be the number one by the end of the season. Sneed was taken in the fourth round in 2020 and has had a pretty good start to his career, playing best when in the slot, but showing some mobility on the outside if needed. He's a good athlete at six foot with 437 speed, and barring any regression, he should be an above average slot corner for them once again this year, rounding out a pretty nice corner trio. Williams was taken in the fourth round this year out of Fayetteville. Watson was picked in the seventh round this year out of Washington State. Boodle went undrafted last year and saw some snaps in the slot, but only one game. Johnson was also picked in the seventh round this year, but out of Marshall, and then Lammons went undrafted in 2018, but hasn't played much yet. 
So for safeties, they have Juan Thornhill, Justin Reed, Brian Cook, Dion Bush, Zane Anderson, and Davon Key. Thornhill was taken in the second round in 2019 and has bounced between being a starter and a third safety for this team, unable to firmly take the starting gig from Daniel Sorensen until last year. However, when he's out there, he was clearly a superior player to Sorensen, so it's kind of weird that it took them so long to make that switch, as he's like a young, rangy free safety type who doesn't provide much against the run, but he's great playing over top and limiting, limiting big plays. Reed looked like one of the best safeties in the league during his first two years after being taken in the third round in 2018 by the Texans. However, these past two years, he's not looked the same, missing some time with injuries, not limiting as many big plays, and looking like he gave up a bit in Houston. Now with a change of scenery and a competitive team, can he recapture his early career form? And if so, this could be a great young safety duo. And then they have Cooks, who was taken in the second round this year out of Cincinnati. And if you're paying attention, the Chiefs clearly wanted to overhaul this secondary as they've let three starters go, signed one in Reed, and then drafted five players, two in the first two rounds, and then another in the fourth round too. Cook is a safe safety, a decent athlete who doesn't really give up big plays and is a pretty sure tackler. He'll see some time as a third safety here, probably playing closer to the line of scrimmage than the other two when he is put in as he's a bit better in run defense. Bush was picked in the fourth round by the Bears in 2016, but never developed beyond being their third, fourth safety and a good special teamer. And then Anderson and Key both went undrafted last year, but didn't play. So for special teams, they have Harrison Butker, Tommy Townsend, and James Winchester. Butker was picked in the seventh round in 2017 by the Panthers, but was waived and never played for them. He joined the Chiefs and since then has had the second highest career field goal percentage behind only Justin Tucker. So... Safe to say, good pickup by Chiefs, bad mistake by the Panthers. Townsend went undrafted in 2020 and has been a good punter for the Chiefs these past two seasons, and then Winchester has been the Chiefs' long snapper since 2013. All right, so now it's time for my season overview. Um, I talk about the floor and the ceiling of this team, everything that can really go wrong and everything that can go right, the over or under, whether or not I think the over or the under is more likely to happen, and then the biggest strength and weakness on this roster. So I have the floor of this team at 8-9, and this is kind of similar, as I said, to in the Broncos and as I'm going to say with the Raiders and the Chargers. All of these teams have talent where their floor shouldn't be a, if they remain healthy, their floor shouldn't be below 500. But they're going to be playing in the hardest division in football and then playing the NFC West, which is arguably the second hardest. Maybe the AFC North. I don't know. You can debate that. But all I do know is the Chiefs also have the number one seed schedule, so this schedule is absolutely nasty, but it's the Chiefs, so it's hard to see them unless Mahomes gets hurt, Kelsey gets hurt, a bunch of stuff goes wrong. It's really hard to see them going below eight and nine, um, but some things that can lead to like a, their worst season since Mahomes has taken over is Mahomes' decline could continue from last season, especially after that second half collapse against the Bengals and then losing Tyreek Kill. Edward Hilaire and the rest of these back, they play like at an average level at best, not really elevating this offense. And the loss of Hill really hurts this wide receiver group, with Juju playing like an average slot, and then MVS and Hardman being inconsistent, and more just not stepping up in year one. Kelsey loses another step, still like getting open with his elite zone IQ, but not physically able to dominate like he has in years past. This offensive line could be pretty bad. Um, I don't. I honestly don't love it as much as a lot of people do, especially in pass protection. 
Um, like they, I think they're still going to be a good run blocking line, but in pass pro, they definitely have some holes that they need to cover up. Chris Jones carries this pass rush, and he's the only plus starter. No one else really showing up in run defense either. These young linebackers get caught out of position far too often, just not knowing offenses as well as some veterans could. Fenton can't hang with number one wide receivers, and it's also very common to see rookies, um, like how McDuffie is, come in and struggle year one as they're learning the speed of the NFL. Thornhill plays fine, but he doesn't take that step up like he has the physical ability to, and Reed can't recapture that early career form. Optimistically, though, this is one of the best teams in the league. Um, They have an amazing head coach, quarterback, uh, tight end. Their offensive line could be good. It's young and a lot of pieces that you hope improve. But yeah, and this defense could round together pretty nicely. Some things that can go right and lead to this 13-4 and ceiling is Mahomes reminding us that he's one of the greatest players in this league and has the MVP caliber season despite trading away his top weapon. These running backs produced well in this offense, Uh, maybe not being like the reason why it works, but playing well with the ball in their hands. Juju looks more so like how he looked early on in his career. MBS continues this upward ascent we started to see last season, and Hardman plays pretty all right as a gadget. And then Moore comes in looking like a future number one right away. Kelsey is able to keep up being a top three tight end. This offensive line takes steps forwards in pass protection to be more well-rounded, and there's a chance that we're looking at this and right tackle is really the only weakness along this line. This pass rush is a top 10 unit with a heavy rotation. Karloft is coming in great as a rookie and Chris Jones just kicking ass as always. These linebackers take another step forwards in their young careers, looking like a promising young duo. McDuffie comes into the league looking great, able to be the number one, and Fenton still plays good as the number two. And then Thornhill and Reed could be one of the best cover safeties duos. So for this over-under, it's set at 10.5. Other than 2014, the Chiefs have won the division every year since 2013 and have gone under that 10.5 win total only twice. They have an amazing coach, quarterback, tight end, pass rusher, and plenty of young talent across the board. However, they did show that they do bleed last year, and the roster on paper does look even worse than it did the year before. They are relying on some young, high-upside players playing better than they have in the past, I still think that they should be favorites in this division, although it is very close. And similarly to the Broncos, I don't entirely feel comfortable betting on this over-under, as its division is just going to beat each other up. But the Chiefs are the most proven team here, and I do think that they have the most likely chance to hit the over. So the biggest strength of this team is Patrick Mahomes. A bad season from Mahomes last year would have been a career year for most players. Like, I love Carr as a Raiders fan, but Mahomes' down year... He threw five more touchdowns than Carr has ever thrown for and also had more yards than Carr ever has had. He'll have to overcome the loss of Hill, but I think he'll be able to make this offense still one of the best in the league. Like last year, this was still the number one EPA offense. And yeah, Mahomes wasn't perfect, but he's still the leader of the team. And then the biggest weakness I put as the weapons. If something were to go wrong with this offense, it would be because these weapons aren't stepping up. You definitely can see how everything can go right, but I think this position group is the most likely one to hold this squad back. Um, I debated putting offensive line here as I am skeptical of pass protection from left tackle, right guard, and right tackle, but a bunch of young guys there, and 
high it's a high upside line so i don't really want to say it's the biggest weakness because you can see how it's a strength however i don't think these wide receivers will be a strength at all juju has been average these past few years mvs has been a good deep threat but inconsistent with the back-to-back mvp hardman hasn't taken that step up and has been in this offense for years and sky moore is a rookie all right so that's going to do it for today's episode Let me know what you guys think. Do you guys think that the Chiefs will continue this dominant run in the AFC West? Or are the rest of the teams finally catching up and going to be able to overtake them? Um, Let me know in the comments down below. If you're on YouTube, leave a like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're on Apple, Spotify, wherever you might be listening to this, uh, leave a five-star review. Help get the podcast out to other people. And yeah, see you all next time.